Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It would be incorrect to say that Tim Tebow has never played tight end before. He did for the Jets. He had one target and uh, 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 there was a miscommunication, apparently. That was that was the year that Tebow mania died. Tebow mania raged in 2011. He got traded to the Jets. He said he was excited over 40 times. They're very good at destroying Tebow mania because that's what they did. How many times are we going to play this? Okay, we get it. He's, he should not be playing tight end. Well, um, Remember yeah. the press conference? He said he was excited over 40 times. I remember counting it. I remember watching it and counting how many times he said he's excited or some variation of it. Uh, and uh, now he's, he's going to be back. We, we felt this coming. They've laid the foundation for it the past two weeks. Urban Meyer, former coach at Florida, when Tebow was the star quarterback there, but he's not back as a quarterback. He's going to be back as a tight end. Guy hasn't played in the NFL in a regular season game in nine years, and he's going to be back as a tight end. That's his one snap as a tight end, and it was you know something I could have done. Um, I, 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 I'm always conflicted with Tebow. Because I feel like he's the pawn in the broader scheme to separate people from their money. That people know, whether it's the Mets, whether it's the Jaguars, right? right? They know this guy's going to sell jerseys. He's going to sell tickets. He's going to create excitement. But at the same time, he doesn't deserve the spot. His abilities do not merit a job with the Jaguars, just like it didn't merit a spot on the AAA club of the New York Mets that he was playing for. There's somebody else who should have had that job based on merit. This proves that it's not always about merit. It's about money. And with Tebow, it's the money that is driving this. That's why the Jaguars are doing it. They're trying to sell tickets. They're trying to fill the stadium. They're going to sell plenty of jerseys with whatever number Tebow wears. And I have a feeling he'll be back in 15 once they get rid of Gardner Minshew. And that's just the way it is. And look, is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. But it's not surprising. It's not surprising to me at all, Chris. No, it, it's it's not surprising to me. Listen, you know, it, it's it's a weird subject altogether. It, it is, you know. Again, 
Like I, I know Tim Tebow is a really good guy, a hundred percent. It's not personal to him, but it's like, yeah, it's weird. I got mixed feelings about it a little bit. I do, you know, one, Hey, I understand it. I get it. Like you said, there's the financial aspect, the, the media attention, everything about it. Jacksonville, Tim Tebow, he's a legend in that part of the country. I was talking to somebody down in Jacksonville yesterday, Mike, and they literally said, I think the people here are more excited about Tebow being signed than us drafting Trevor Lawrence. Like that, that, that is amazing. I, exactly. That is amazing. Right. Well, so it just, it's, it's, that's where. You know, again, so I understand it. It's business. There's a personal relationship with Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. You know, yes, he's going to get people to go to training camp, and we're going to have more interviews with Jacksonville because Tebow's there, and you're right, it's going to sell jerseys. But I also come back to, like, all of that, and I know Tebow's worked hard, and I'm not trying to, like, take credit away. But I also think it has to be stated, like, if this isn't the example of, like, white privilege in sports, then I don't know really what is. I mean, I really don't. Like, I mean, this is the – this is the you, – you said it. I mean, we, the quarterback thing didn't work. He was very fortunate to get as many, you know, at-bats at that as there was. No business really being on a professional baseball team. Gets to do that. Now you get to come back without playing football, you know, in years – and you've never played this position other than that one snap that was really ugly. And you're just going to get thrown on the team right away. Boom, bam, yep, yep, go ahead. You know, and there's all these other people out there in the world who have been playing tight end and doing that. That's where I get conflicted here. And I don't mean to make it personal against Tim Tebow, but it's just about a broader, I, I, I don't know, it, it, it bothers me, I guess, to a degree from that aspect. And, and here's the point. Yeah. It, look, he needs to have the self-awareness to realize what's going on here. And I think we can impute to him sufficient self-awareness that no matter what he says, you know, I'm just going to go work hard and I'm, I'm just really trying to help the team and I'm really excited to be here and it's great to be back. At some point, you got to realize you're being played. At some point, you got to realize that they are just using you as a vehicle to make as much money as they can, that they have a publicity component to this. And either... Is he I, playing I them imagine. too, Mike? Though, because he's getting the he's getting the the publicity, and he still gets to be Tim Tebow. And you know, I don't know. He'll probably be on pregame Major League Baseball shows, and the pregame college football show, and the pregame NFL show. They'll just be like Tim Tebow knows everything. But, you know, that's where it, it it works for him too. Yeah, you know, th there's a point where the wide-eyed Pollyanna routine has to yield to the fact that there has to be at some level a cunning business person who knows how to take full advantage of everything that's fallen his way because he he hasn't just disappeared. No. And 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 he he always keeps his foot in something. So, uh, you know, either he's got agents who just kind of lead him around and don't really explain to him why he's doing what he's doing or he understands exactly what's happening. And Chris, my prediction is that he'll He'll make the, the practice squad, and he'll be one of the guys that gets called up every week. There's those two spots where you can add two guys to the 55-man to the roster every week, and he's going to, you know, from time to time, maybe for the home games he'll dress. Maybe they'll find a way to get him onto the field, to have some gimmick play, and, you know, he'll get a chance to have the football bounce off his helmet in the end zone maybe at some point uh, during the season. But they'll, they'll find a way to do just enough, to keep them around just enough to justify all the jerseys they're going to sell. 
Because the last thing you're going to do if you're trying to establish an unprecedented bond with Jacksonville is sell a bunch of Tim Tebow jerseys and then cut him. He's he's going to be on the team. He's not going to be on the 90-man roster simply so he can be cut Labor Day weekend. I, I can only imagine that they're doing this with every intention of giving him roster spot number 53 or 54 or 55 when they do that practice squad elevation thing. And you can do it every week. You can do it nonstop. You can keep bringing him up and sending him down because it's not like anyone else is going to claim him on waivers after the trade deadline when you've brought him up multiple times and he's got to pass through waivers before he goes back to the practice squad. No one's going to pluck him away from the Jaguars at this point. Man, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, mean, I, mm, I mean, you make a valid point. You do. I don't know if I'm willing to go there yet that he makes, you know, the roster or gets even that spot. I, I, I guess what I'm – because what I'm really saying is if I'm a player in a locker room and that happens, like I'm going, what are we doing here? What? What? The guy's – what? He's made the team? He's on the dress – what? I've been playing tight end in the NFL or in college and I'm not getting the opportunity to get the dress and all that. I mean, that, that to me it, – listen, it's a slippery slope. They better be careful. That's when you start to get to play to favorites and things like that, and the locker room starts to watch the head coach and go, man, what's the deal? Why does this guy get the benefit of the doubt for everything? Why do these three or four guys never get in trouble or yell? I don't know. I, don't, I really don't. I, I'm, I'm going to say I'd be shocked if he's on the roster. I, I mean, I don't know what to say here. But, no, I don't really think he really deserves the shot to play in the NFL. I don't. It's out of the tight end. I understand it. I understand all the circumstances around it, and I don't want it to be personal against him. But, yeah, it gives me weird feelings, uh, and I don't think it necessarily looks right with other people that are out there on the street and other people who, yeah, haven't got other opportunities and things like that. How much of this do you think is Urban Meyer thinking that he'll say whatever needs to be said, he'll, he'll smooth it out, He'll get guys to buy in, and he believes that Tebow will be a great example of hard work, of effort, of leadership. And he's a nice guy. Yeah. He comes, you know, that's the thing. The, the guys in the locker room may look at him funny, and then he comes in, and he, he does that thing where everybody ends up liking him. So, you know, yeah, you can say, oh, Tim Tebow, I don't want that guy in here. And he comes in, and he's smiling, and he's happy, and he's, you know, he's working hard, and he's He's saying all the right things, and you feel guilty. I feel guilty saying that Tim Tebow shouldn't have gone and, and done an extended five-year fantasy baseball camp and that he has no business being on an NFL team. But you know what? He has no business being on an NFL team because really. there's other guys out there who are more talented, yeah. who have played the position. It's been nine years since he was last in the NFL. And don't get me started on the name of the guy that starts with a K who's trending on Twitter because people are figuring out the disparity. Because well, that's not going to be the right. Now, right. The best argument now against anyone considering Colin Kaepernick is what? He's been out of football for 2017, 2018, right. 2019, 2020. Yes. Okay. He hasn't played in four seasons. Yeah. We can't let, we can't get wipe that, wipe that excuse seasons. away. There's been, there's been four years of quarterbacks who have come to the NFL. This guy hasn't done anything by way of playing football. And, and, and now you got a guy. 13, 14, 15, 16 on top of 17, 18, 19, 20, and nobody's batting an eye. Oh, yeah, come on back, Tim Tebow. I know. That's the disparity that people are looking at saying, what the hell is wrong with this picture? I, but I, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, I know. Listen, I uh, 
I'm in the kitchen last night with the wife telling her this story, and it's I'm sure she I'm sure she appreciates being referred to as the wife. Well, but we go have ahead. A, we have an old school relationship. That's why we talk. I mean, that's the way we are. I mean, we are we're old the school. Wife. Yeah, sorry. So she doesn't take offense to that. I wouldn't call her that if that was if that was the case. But like, it's the first thing that came up with the wife was like, <laughs> what you know? Because yeah. She brought it up. She's a little bit like, oh, man, this isn't going to look good. She's like with Kaepernick in that situation. And I was like, I know, right? Yeah, that's I knew you knew this was going to come about because you're right. That was the excuse for Kaepernick. You know, the real excuse, of course, is teams don't want to deal with the criticism and everything like that. But that was one of the ones they hid behind without having to say that. And now a guy like Tebow, that's why I got into the, like what I originally said. This is about as a white privilege of a of a sports move as there is. I mean, this is the poster child. Hey, here's a guy who's, you know, played high school in this area, college in this area, you know, fits the culture and the ethics of being, you know, religious and Christian and everything about the area, all of those type of things. Oh, so what? He's failed a bunch of times. You know, he's a good guy. Look at him smile. You know, look at all that. Oh, he's down there praying by himself. It doesn't matter. Let him try out for the team again. Let him try out for the team again. Let him try out. That just that that's where it doesn't sit well, and that's where it it, it bothers me. And again, I don't want to make it personal to him. I'd want that to be known. It's just the whole optics of the situation that yeah, I don't think are right here. There is a, a segment of the NFL fan base who believes to this day that Tim Tebow was drummed out of the NFL a decade ago. Because of his Christianity. Get which the is hell ridiculous. out of here. It's ridiculous. Get the it's hell ridiculous. out of here. He, he was drummed out of the NFL because he's not good enough. And because he had such a following of Tebow maniacs that if anyone had put him on a depth chart at number three, there instantly would have been a push to make him number one. The same thing that happened in Denver. Remember when he leapfrogged? Yeah. Who did he leapfrog? Brady Quinn? And Ky- I he don't leapfrogged know, yeah. somebody to number one. Yeah. Kyle Orton? He, le- he It was just, okay, hey, we're, gonna, we're putting this guy on the field. Guy's too popular. We're putting him on the field. And, uh, you know, horrible practice player, so he's not going to make your other players any better between Monday and Sunday when he's out on the field because every ball is going to be skipped or thrown over their heads because that's just what he wants. He's just not a very accurate passer. There's just something that happens in the fourth quarter of a close game, this magic that he's unable to harness at any other time. Whatever urgency he taps into when the clock is ticking down to zero in the fourth quarter, I don't know why he never figured to – try to tap into that urgency at any other time. If he could have played like that all the time, if he could have practiced like that all the time, he still would have been in the NFL. But the bottom line is he wasn't good enough. And coaches and, and GMs didn't want the distraction that was going to come from all the the Tebow yeah, fans right. wearing them out to play a guy who didn't deserve to be on the field. Right, right. I mean, listen, you can sit here and argue. I mean, again, it, it, it's, it's, you know, I mean, really, he was not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, it kind of fell into that way. And, of course, it wasn't because of the following and all the things you said. Like, nobody was going to let that die, including Tim Tebow, no matter where he went. But, I mean, he wasn't pushed out of the league because of Christianity. Most of the league is Christianity. I mean, that's what the league is. I mean, there's there's people to pray with and everything in almost every locker room. That's the way it is. So that's definitely not why he was pushed out of the league. Absolutely not. He – 
got more chances in the league than probably he deserved. And, you know, again, you're right. I mean, the fourth quarter magic and all that, but here's what I'll always argue with that. This is where people drop the ball. They go, whoa, he did go to the playoffs. I know they went to the playoffs. They won a game against Pittsburgh with Big Ben hopping around on one leg, all of that. But that team was like a Super Bowl team. Could have won the Super Bowl. That's how good they were. There was a problem at quarterback. So they just got into the playoffs. But, like, again, the next year, it was Peyton Manning there, and damn, are they going to ever lose a game and 14-2 and two or 13-3, and three, number one seed in the playoffs and all those type of things too. So competitor, tough, I get all of that. But, yeah, like you said, it's it's eight, it's nine years later, and it's a different position, and I do think it's going to it's gonna rub everybody wrong in the NFL, really. That, Every that's player. That's the play there. Yeah, that's the Jets the game. That's the play, the Thursday night game right. that prompted the John Elway, holy crap, how am I going to get rid of this guy now? <laughs> Clapping. Remember, they cut to Elway, and he's like, oh, oh no, maybe I might I be stuck with him. Manning. <laughs> please Peyton Manning please Peyton Manning um and, and yeah I Meyer went through the thing earlier this year with Chris Doyle yeah the strength and conditioning coach from Iowa who had been involved in controversies there racial issues and Meyer got shouted down and within a matter of two or three days Doyle was out they, they very carefully calculated this urban meyer tim tebow reunion look it, it was the thing that came out just a few hours before the start of the draft it got nudged aside by aaron Rodgers, and it's continued to percolate ever since and everyone's had a chance to kind of get used to it i don't know what kind of blowback they're going to get they should get blowback for it and and I will will it cause urban meyer to double down or will it cause him to say, yeah, we're going to give this guy an objective evaluation. If he's not good enough, he's, done, he's just not going to make the team. I have a feeling there's a chance he, he'll double down and, and he'll, he'll find a way to exercise his discretion in a way that keeps, keeps team Tim, Tim Tebow around in lieu of the fact that there are others out there better suited to play tight end for the Jaguars or anyone else. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they're not going to get blowback in that area, right? So they just have to wait for like the national media to die down a little bit, which is going to be a day or two. And this will go go away. But, yeah, you know, again, you know, you'd started the conversation a little with like how, yeah, does Tebow fall into this or does he plan these things? I mean, the fact that that was put out there right before the draft. I mean, yeah, it's all part of this machine of like, yes, let's keep it out there. Let's keep it going. Here we go. And I think you're right. They put it out there, one to, you know, get people talking about it and get people to digest it a little bit. And now they can make the move, but they're going to get no blowback in the Jacksonville area. None. So that's where I don't know if there's going to be any other pressure on Urban Meyer really out of this other than just to listen to people like us here for the day or two to talk about it. This Kaepernick thing. It's going, let's right? Let's see. Let's see yeah. what kind of traction it gets. That That's not it was going last a Jaguars night. thing. Yeah. It's a broader NFL issue. Right. That you're bringing back a guy who hasn't been in the in the game, in a regular season game in nine years. You're bringing him back to play a position he's never played before other than the snap that we showed 25 times <laughs> one after another earlier. But uh, And I have a feeling it's going to come up again. But um, it, there, there's a disconnect there, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see if there's an appetite for continuing to push that because the reality is you, you can have a full team a full team of Tim Tebow's and Colin Kaepernick's not getting signed at this point it's just not going to happen 
th- there's been all the huffing and puffing that could ever be done to get Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL, and they're just not going to do it. No one's going to do it. It's not going to happen. Period. Um, here's here's let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this while we watch this over and over again. Uh, okay, thank God. Uh, let's go through the Jaguars roster speed round style. We did it yesterday with the Packers, but let's let's do we, are we doing it or not? We we in or we out? All yeah. right, all right. Fast, fast, fast through the Jaguars cool. roster. How do they how do they stack up against other teams? A team that was one in fifteen last year. Yeah. Let's start with the receivers: DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Lavisca Chenault, Chris Manhurts at tight end. How do they stack up? Just loosely. Yeah, loosely. That that teams. group right there. I mean, uh, uh, you know, again, I think that's sneaky. It's got sneaky potential there. DJ Shark is like one of those receivers you'd throw out there to go. It was one of the best receivers nobody knows or talks about in football. You know, so when I look at it from that angle, I go like. Right around the middle of the league. That's where I kind of look at them. But the potential maybe to be in that top third if Chenault, you know, and Chenault can kind of come through and help them out. And Marvin Jones, of course, you know, carves out a pace, uh, place there. But, yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's some potential there with this group. I feel like they've been in that category every year for the last five or six years. Sneaky potential. Jaguars receivers. Oh, look at these guys. Oh, D.D. Westbrook. Sneaky potential. Yeah, you're right. Oh, sneaky potential. Marquise Lee. Now he's long gone. Right. Sneaky potential. And the guy and and whoever it is, Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson, they they come and they go. They have a big year and then they disappear. And that's that. And then it's another guy that's got sneaky potential. Yeah. I mean, it's funny when you lay it out like that. You're right. It's been a lot of that story. You know, DJ Shark, DJ Shark is the guy he is. He's got size. He's got game-breaking type speed. Of course, we know he hasn't had the quarterback that can really show us or help, help you know, show everybody what he's really got. But uh, I, I think he's one that's more than potential. Like, he's, he's legit. He's the real deal. It's the other guys we got to see about. You know, LaVisca Chenault, second year in the NFL. Marvin Jones banged up a little bit year, last year with Detroit. What's he going to be like? But nonetheless, I think they've given something to Trevor Lawrence to make it work in the passing game and, and be dangerous that way. I'm going to say that they are at the top of the bottom third with the potential to climb, and it's going to depend upon yeah, a bunch gotcha. of other factors how far they climb. Running backs, James Robinson, a revelation last year, undrafted out of Illinois State, great season, touchdowns, yards, fantasy football, stud, showed up at training camp and won the job without the benefit of a preseason, and now here comes a first-round pick, Travis Etienne, Carlos Hyde's on the team. Where do those three stack up in comparison to other running backs? Damn, I, I think when you talk about a trio – you know, that's that's a potential top ten group there. I mean, I think especially when you just talk about the the duo of Robinson and ATN and Carlos Hyde is no joke. I mean, that's a pretty damn good group altogether. Robinson can do everything. ATN is the same way. He can do everything too at just a, I think at a higher level. And then you got Carlos Hyde that's a sledgehammer and can run with real power and be a power back that way. That's where I think you gotta be excited. So I think it's like one of those teams that's like dancing around maybe right outside the top 10 at that position with a chance to be like firmly in the top 10 with a with a good year by Travis Etienne to add to it. 1,070 rushing yards in 14 games last year for James Robinson, who was the week one starter, had some injuries down the stretch that knocked him out. The offensive line's going to oh, be the key. Though. Need some work. Right. Yes. And and you've got Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, who took less money and stayed around, Brandon Linder at center, A.J. Can at right guard, and Jawan Taylor at right tackle. Where where, where are they? Yeah. Are, are they a top half, bottom half, pass, fail? 
Bottom, bottom Above half. Above average, below average. Bottom half, for sure. I mean, really, bottom third to really, like, if you want to get into that. You know, I, I think I look at it and go, Norwell and Linder are the only ones I look at to just consistently play well. Yeah, Norwell's not the star he was, you know, four or five years ago coming from the Carolina Panthers. Cam Robinson, hey, they franchise tagged him. He's got everything yes. you need physically. You know, Jawan Taylor, the same thing. The guy that fell to them in the second round two years ago in the draft. Got everything you need. They just they got to put it together. But that is like got to be a better unit altogether for for Trevor Lawrence for that offense and what Urban Meyer is going to do. Yeah, they're they're towards the bottom third of football, and and, and that's going to be the key because if they aren't able to block for Trevor Lawrence or the running backs, I mean he's not going to have time to to find open receivers, and uh, it's just got to fall together right. And they better hope they can coach those five up to be better than individually you would look at them and say they are. And and they, they stay healthy, get some continuity and consistency, get an early season schedule that maybe is conducive to building some confidence, getting some buy-in. They're one of the teams, we talked about this yesterday, they're definitely one of the teams, Chris, that needs to have a favorable early season schedule so Urban Meyer can get off to a good start and so the players can say, yeah, okay, we see what's yeah, going on Yeah, we buy here. into this, right. We, we kind of like this, right. and the offensive line's a big part of it. Very quickly, let's just throw the whole defense together. Yeah. A couple of years ago, dominant, oh. or at least on the fringes of it. Now, right. what? What are they now? Now they're like just a bunch of young guys with potential, but nothing's special at all I mean when you just you know Miles Jack and Joe Schobert a middle linebacker they're really good Miles Jack to me is one of the better middle linebackers in football but a lot of everything else is young hey Caleb on chase on can he you know become a better pass rusher you know Roy Robertson Harris coming from you know the the Chicago Bears they paid a lot of money for him can he live up to that? C.J. Henderson, their top 10 pick from two years ago, a corner. He was really good last year. Does he continue to be awesome? And then they got some guys they drafted on defense this this in this past draft that I think are going to be instant contributors. So, like, there's talent there, but it's got to grow. And they're definitely in the bottom third of football as far as their defense is concerned. Just amazing. When you think back to last year, they stole that game against the Colts to right? start the season. And that was it. And then just – and then it just went the other way. 15 straight losses and now a new beginning for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The defense, though, uh, definitely needs some work. And they're just – they were three years removed from being on the brink of the Super Bowl. It just shows you how quickly things can fall apart. All right, Cam Newton. It's his birthday. We're going to have some Cam Newton prop bets for 2021 when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. 
it probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Happy birthday, Cam Newton, 32 years old. I mean, for a quarterback, 32 is basically 22. Chris, this guy's got plenty of gas in the tank. Yes, he's played through some injuries. He's had some surgeries, but a lot of football left in Cam Newton. No sign that he's willing to walk away from the game. The Patriots, though, planning for the future with Mac Jones. Let's start there as it relates to the Patriots and the prop bets in honor of Cam Newton's 32nd birthday. The Patriots quarterback to take the first snap this year, courtesy of points bet. Cam Newton, minus 300 favorite. That means you got to bet 300 to win 100. Mac Jones, plus 350. Jared Stidham, plus 900. I got a feeling Jared Stidham isn't going to be on the roster. He might not be, right? But uh, that, that, that makes sense. Cam's the guy. I feel like Cam's the guy. Until he's injured or, uh, you know, maybe they do some revolving door like they did last year with Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. But 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 Cam's the guy to at least start the season. I think so. A hundred percent. Cam is the guy. You know, Mac Jones, as much as he's NFL ready, coming from Nick Saban and smart and an awesome pocket passer and all the, you know, comparisons to Brady and everything like that. Still, you know, I, New England's not the type. They don't start. They, they just Listen, I don't, I don't think they're going to start a rookie quarterback that week week one. I just don't think that's in their DNA. I think they're fine with like, hey, Cam Newton, he's got a base of this offense. We got some talent around him this year, and they're going to you know, continue to teach Mac Jones this offense, which we have talked about is very complicated. So I, I totally envision it being Cam Newton. What's your over-under on Cam Newton's starts this year? I think we asked Tom Curran about that right after Mac Jones was drafted on PFTPM, but, but what's your over-under? Uh, Cam Newton starts versus Mac Jones starts. I, I'm, I'm going to go like, I'm going Cam Newton starts the whole year unless he just gets hurt. I don't think we're going to see Mac Jones this year. I don't think New England cares. They're going to sit him on the bench and let him learn football. And they got Cam Newton, and they're going to try to kind of build on what they got uh, from what they got out of him last year and the way they played. And they'll see where it goes. You know, again, I don't think like New England's in any pressure here. They're going to kind of play this out. You know, okay, wait, Cam Newton played really well. Okay, great. We'll keep him another year. And Mac Jones sits on the bench for one more year. I mean, I, again, I think that's a, a real possibility if Cam Newton plays well. And I'm expecting Cam Newton to play well. One, their team's going to be good. And I, I, I don't think he's going to fall into that little, you know, crapola form he did last year of throwing the football where he fell apart for a few weeks. Well, I think COVID had something to do with it. Definitely. And as time has gone by, it's become more and more clear. Once he got that case of COVID, he denied having some brain fog. But if you have brain fog, how aware are you that you have brain fog? So, go you know, go figure out that conundrum. Um, I, 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 I hesitate to say this because this is the time of year where we talk about how teams are going to do, and we don't factor in the reality the probability that guys are going to get injured. And, you know, when you say Cam Newton's going to start all 17 games, I say there's no way he's going to start all 17 games. And I feel bad saying that. Yeah, I hear you. At some, point, he, at some point, he's going to be physically unable for whatever reason, an ankle, a shoulder, a concussion, a neck, a back, a hip, a thigh, a wing, whatever it is, he's not going to be available to play. And, and, I, hate, and I hate to say that, but – you know, this isn't your typical franchise quarterback no, who not. suits up and plays every game of the year. 
And I think for that reason alone, I don't believe he's going to play the whole season. No, I mean, listen, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I did say that. I, you might, Maybe you didn't hear me. I just said, yeah, unless he gets injured, I just I think it'll be right. 17. But I but hear he, you. I don't want to say unless. He is getting injured. Well, That's he didn't get point. injured last year. Forget unless. If he, didn't, he, didn't, he never he played every game other than the COVID games. So yeah. I, I just throw that out there. Yep. Okay. That made you pause and think for a second. But I know. You're right. It's a very real thing, and that's why 32 is not 32 for Cam Newton as compared to other quarterbacks because of the way he's played and everything like that. Um, so I know that that's uh, – Mike, I mean, listen, if you made me bet money, I would bet you're probably right on that one, yes, and I don't like saying that either because we don't wish that on upon Cam Newton for sure. And we're not, we're not wishing it on anybody. Right. We're not doing our jobs. We don't factor it in. I mean, yeah. the reality is Cam Newton is – arguably the most impressive physical specimen I've ever witnessed in football. He is a giant and he is well-proportioned and he is athletic and he is just, he is, he is a huge human being. And this gets back to the debates that, that raged. Remember the 2016 season, the opener, the rematch of the Panthers Broncos game from Super Bowl 50 to start the season. Cam Newton got the crap beat out of him in that game, and they don't throw the flag, and they don't throw the flag. They don't throw the flag because they see this giant. I agree. And you there. see all the Lilliputians bouncing off of him, and you're thinking, he's fine. And he's thinking, I'm fine. And the coaching staff that's calling the running plays, he's fine. And then something breaks. And, and, and that's the, I think that's the, the, the disconnect that the Patriots have maybe managed to figure out how to – to properly reconcile, even though you look at this guy and say, my God, he's he's indestructible. No, we've seen enough over the last 10 years to know that he is destructible and you have to factor that into how you use him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think they they did factor that to, to what you're saying, too. There was games where you thought, hey, they're going to run him a lot today. I expect that. And you didn't really see him run much at all or no quarterback design runs. I think they were wary of trying to keep his body healthy and and still able to, you know, perform at a high level. But, yes, it's a different animal when you're talking about Cam Newton at the quarterback position, especially at the age of 32. And I'm rooting for him. I really am. He's been dealing with a lot. And, of course, the haters are all over them, over him because of last year and the fact of the way it looked with the Patriots. And, of course, he went through such a bad stretch throwing the football. So he's got a lot of, a lot of critics. He's got to kind of wipe off his shoulders here this year. I haven't told this story in a while, and in the event there's someone out there who hasn't heard it before, and there's probably plenty of you, my first Cam Newton experience was walking down 6th Avenue toward Radio City Music Hall, 2011 draft, and they were walking guys on the red carpet, and I saw Cam Newton, and I thought, oh, they, they had, they're on an elevated platform as they walk on this red carpet. As I got closer and closer, I realized there was no elevated platform. <laughs> the guy is a giant, he and is. it was scary. He just head and shoulders above everyone, and that's how he is. If you're on the sideline of a football field, he's head and shoulders above everyone. All right, the the here's something that I'm fascinated by because last year, as the season approached, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the offense was going to look like. And my best information was that Josh McDaniels was going to take the offense he had devised for Tim Tebow in Denver, but never got to use, yeah. and use that with Cam Newton in New England, and a lot of that came to fruition. How do you create a playbook that has Cam Newton and Mac Jones both properly coached up and ready with plays that the, the other players are going to be able to, to run 
because it's almost like you need to have two different playbooks, one yeah. for Newton and one for Jones. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's going to be a real aspect for their football team. It is. Yeah, they're going to – Mac Jones is going to be more of the traditional Tom Brady type of stuff. Now, you can work on all the movement stuff, right, the fake, the speed sweeps and all of that. You know, again, Mac Jones did that in college. He was faking Devontae Smith, here Jalen Waddle, fake Jalen, you know, so you, you could still do that. That's part of the football, part of football now in, in 2021. But, yes, as far as some of the run game stuff and all of that, there's going to be different rules for a Cam Newton offense as compared to a Mac Jones. But nonetheless, the game is never just about, hey, the first and second down runs and, you know, that's all there is to it. Hey, they're still going to have a lot of drop back passes in the game plans. Maybe it's not as, you know, uh, maybe the, 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 the pass plays that are as intricate and deep in detail like Brady got to on page 452 in the offense. Yeah, that's not going to be available for Cam Newton and Mac Jones, but that's okay. I mean, I still think Mac Jones is going to get plenty of work with third down passing, nickel passing, all of that to where it's still a drop back pass offense that works for him. Just, yes, when he comes in the game, there's not going to be that running element or even having to worry about that threat at all. The Patriots signed Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, a couple of very good tight ends. They have Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, two new receivers. Which of the new weapons do you think Cam Newton will have the best connection with? I, I'm going to go with one of the tight ends in Jonu Smith. I, I think so. I, I, they're just – I want to go with actually either one of them. Now, I really like Aguilar and Bourne. I think they'll really fit. But, you know, Cam Newton, you know, big, the way they run the ball. And then New England is just – they're, they're an old-school team. It goes back to, like, you know, the Giants and Phil Sims and Mark Bavaro and that type of stuff. They know how to feature a tight end, let alone tight ends who are, like, you know, dual threats, good at running and good at passing. So I, I think it's going to be one of them, you know, and I'm going to err on Jonu Smith because I think he'll be the guy that also gets some of those short bootleg passes and gets to run after the catch. Uh, and I think he'll just get a hair more playing time because he's a little bit more talented than Hunter Henry. And guys are in Foxborough, despite the NFLPA's recommendation to stay away from off-season workouts. They are there getting acquainted. Oh, yeah. Those connections. Mike Reese of ESPN reported yesterday more than 50 players have you been know present it. through the early stages of the off-season program. Is this going to change that's... people and how they draft players? See, this is where New England and all they're like, ooh, you know, this guy's not as good as this guy, but this guy's personality test and everything fits us more. Let's go with them where sometimes we go, oh, man, they should have took that talented guy. Here's the benefit of erring more on what they do. Like we've talked about a lot, Mike. They got guys who are, you know, all – well, what? We're going to practice in the parking lot up in Canada today? All right, coach, I'll be there. I'll see you. I mean, that's what they have. So these guys are going to be there working while the rest of the league is, you know, sipping pina coladas on Zoom calls. Uh, or pina coladas is the case. Whatever they call I them. Wonder, I, I wonder, though – well, you drink them every Friday. You should know by now. <laughs> I wonder at what point – because this whole back and forth on off-season workouts and you've got Tom Brady coming out saying negotiate directly with your coaches. Do you think Bill Belichick gives a crap about any of that? And at what point <laughs> are we going to have grievances filed against coaches who are believed to be pushing the guys too hard? You know, it's never been an issue. There have been – questions about whether or not some of these workouts are too intense I just wonder whether that's the next frontier in this fight coaches actually being on the wrong end of grievances filed by players who say that you're you're doing too much to create the impression that these aren't voluntary that you're working is too hard and 
I, I don't think anyone's ever going to muster the nerve to do that to Bill Belichick. No, it's, you got to be. That's a that's a slippery slope, very very slippery slope for the players. You know, even back in in, in my day on teams I was on, you know, you. You, oh, you're going to call the NFLPA and, and rat on the team? Oh, okay. I hope you're really damn good and your contract's great and you're going to be a star on the team because they're going to find out. The coaches always find out who calls the NFLPA and rats on them or whatever. They always figure it out. They always did in my years. I always found out somehow, some way. So that's where it's it's dicey for the players and it's where it's kind of like a fake power angle that the players don't really have unless you're Tom Brady or somebody like that it reminds me of that moment in Whiplash excellent movie if you haven't seen it I won't spoil it but there's a moment in in Whiplash where the guy who who was the subject of the complaint gets his revenge yeah he does he gets his revenge oh, all right crap. <laughs> I knew it was you State Farm guy I, what's his name <laughs> I can't remember go. State JK Farm guy Simmons. yes he's Farmers. amazing Right. Farmers. If we're gonna do, if we're gonna do oh, right. unsolicited advertising, right. it's we are dum, farmers. Dum, bum, yeah. bum, 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 <laughs> bum, bum. Let's bum, take bum, a break. Bum, bum. <laughs> we'll do our Tuesday draft. I right, wait. I, I think someone from Farmers is calling. They want to buy advertising. <laughs> we'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Well, the, oh no! I thought we were gonna actually have baseball highlights. That's Matt Casey's kid out in the front yard. Uh, <laughs> swinging oh, swinging a Oh, I think Casey's kid Mike, would have hit it. For yeah, sure. yeah, he would hit it. <laughs> I remember that when we did the, the Tim Tebow fantasy baseball camp several years ago. So he's back, soon to be, in the NFL. Reunion with Urban Meyer. We're using the Meyer-Tebow reunion as the springboard for today's draft. Reunions in the NFL we would like to see trivia question for both of us, Chris. I don't know the answer, and I have a feeling I, I may not know it. I don't even after I read it. Yeah, there have been five players to play in the NFL, not play for at least eight straight seasons, then play in the NFL again. Can you name one of them? This this has to be something that happened like like during the war, like Byron Wizard White or something I mean, like that. I I. I I, I I mean Alden Smith did that go that long? No, no, right? No. Um, I know. Hold on, don't give us answers yet. I mean, I the the first thing when I think of long, I think of Dick Vermeil, but of course he's not a player. I, yes, I really have a hard time. Correct. He was not a player. Thank you. But I'm just saying, like, what? Who? Who are we missing? There's one pretty recent, Matt. Fairly, man, I can't think of Fairly anybody. Recent, and you know him. This is one of those where. This is one of those where it's so obvious that you you just you feel like you, you you freak out like I can't I can't process it I should know this I should know this I should know this I, I'm, and I'm the, the answer doesn't pop through no and and, and Matt our crazy you know producer is telling me I worked with the guy before and he says both of us have. What what is he talking about? It was out of the NFL for at least eight straight seasons. I'm going to be really embarrassed. Out of the NFL, there have been five years of play play in the NFL, not play for at least straight seasons, eight and then play eight straight seasons and play in the NFL again. I, I don't get it. Who? I give up. I I I. Who uncle. is it? Who is it? Tell uncle. us somebody. Uncle. I Who give is up too. Can we get the names? Oh, Doug Flutie, Doug Flutie went. Damn it! How did I forget oh, that? Flutie. But you know what? I didn't realize it was that long. Eight straight seasons. Wow. Doug Flutie. David Diaz Infante, 
Tony Adams, Ross Nagel, and Frank Tiger Walton. Well, who can forget Frank Tiger Walton? I I was I, I was thinking of I was thinking of Frank Lion Walton. <laughs> Wasn't thinking of Frank. Tiger Walton, uh, Doug that was Flutie. Tough That's today. a trick question, though, because he still played. That was a tough. Play- it's not like he 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 stepped away from football altogether. Okay, but, hey, Tom uh, yeah. Tom Brady, Tim Tebow, slight difference. Could have yes. gone to the CFL, and he chose not to. All right, uh, you can take the first pick since we were both. All right, thanks. Hey, um, okay, uh, you know what? I, I want to see Bill Belichick go back to the Giants. That's what I want to see. If you want me to ask me one reunion, that's the number one thing on my list. I would love that. Of course, the Giants are my favorite team. I'm a huge fan of Bill Belichick. And, of course, the Boston-New York rivalry rivalry is very real. So I would have always liked to have seen that. You know, And there was always those rumblings. Remember, like, back four or five years ago where there was, like, rumblings that maybe Belichick was thinking about the Giants and things like that? I don't know how real they were, but I would have loved to have seen it. Gary Myers was pushing that a few years ago, the the year after the Jimmy Garoppolo trade and the report came out that there was dysfunction. Right. Seth Wickersham had all that. And more recently, Wickersham suggested that it was the Giants and a couple of other teams that Belichick was talking to. But well, Belichick was always under contract with the Patriots. That was never going to happen. It was never going anywhere. And it was explained to me at the time, very simply, it's going to take him five years to get any other team to where he has the Patriots. Right. And he doesn't want to waste five years yeah. spinning his wheels trying to get another team to the point where the Patriots currently are. So he's he's just not leaving. He's just he's not. Okay. Um well I look, I go Belichick and Tom Brady. Just I mean if I want if I want a true reunion, if I want to have a couple of personalities get together again, mend their fences, I say that uh Bill Belichick and Tom Brady end up together again on the Giants. In an, on the Giants. <laughs> okay, Let's yes. The Giants. Let's do the Giants. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the team, the team that has been the thorn in Tom Brady's side, the team that took away his undefeated season for which he supposedly would give up two Super Bowl rings if he could have that perfect season and something else he said on the draft-a-thon a couple of weeks ago. Yes, Belichick and Brady on the Giants. All right, you're up. All right. Um, Ooh, I got some good ones here. I'm really not sure. You know, listen, for theatrics and everything like it, the way it ended, I would love to see Antonio Brown back with the Steelers and Mike Tomlin and Big Ben. I mean, come on. You know, that crew up there, all those personalities, you know, just to see how they would react with that, how that would actually end up working out and everything like that. I mean, from that standpoint, that that's can't miss TV. With, with that crew up there. And I would be interested to see if Big Ben and, and A.B. could strike up the, the same chemistry they had and how that would go and if it would get smoothed over and everything like that. So that's one that – that was the first one that popped in my brain, honestly, when I, when I heard about this draft. You know, it's amazing how, how quickly you forget the things you did last week. But as we were getting ready to interview Juju Smith-Schuster last Monday – there was some sort of technical thing as we were getting it all threaded, and I I made an Antonio Brown crack, and and I don't think either he didn't hear it or he didn't he appreciate conveniently it. ignored <laughs> it. <laughs> um, all right, uh, how about Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers? Oh, oh, Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, <laughs> he hates everybody, so who cares? May as well go better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. At some point, McCarthy and Rodgers, who wouldn't that be great? Not that it's going to be with the Cowboys, but. Uh, Maybe maybe what happens is Rodgers ends up with the 49ers, 
McCarthy gets fired by the Cowboys, and he gets hired to be the offensive coordinator in San Francisco, the same job he had when the 49ers <laughs> passed on Aaron Rodgers in 2005. Boom! Yeah, that would be yeah, that would be amazing. Shanahan coaching them, McCarthy the OC, and Rodgers the quarterback. I like that. That'd be uh, that would be awesome to see. Certainly, I didn't think about that one either. I'm mad I actually didn't think about that. That was a very good one by you. I got a few good ones here. I don't care if you steal them at the end. I mean, I do think about. I'd like to see Marcus Peters. With the Rams again and him and Jalen Ramsey on the same team OBJ to the Giants the Raiders to Oakland right but here's one and I cheated a little Pete dim a little little light a light a light us gave me this one all right I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie here the Oilers uniforms I'd like to see them reunite with Houston so they could wear them as throwbacks right I mean the Tennessee Titans have they're holding them hostage because I believe they still own the rights to those unis and everything about it. But come on, that's part of Houston. They don't drill for oil in Tennessee. Let the Texans have it back so they can wear it for a throwback every now and then. They probably do drill do. for oil in Tennessee. Yeah, huh? they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that, that is a you, – you know – I like it when you say, I've got a lot of good ones. You rattle off three or four that aren't very good. And I good, take the worst and one. The one that's your hammer is one that you didn't even come up with. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, Man, look at those. With the look at that. Theme. Is this go. Earl going to run over and the guy here? Isaiah Robertson. Oh. Watch out. Watch out, Isaiah. It's oh, coming. Oh, my it's coming. gosh. Oh, there it was. Oh, and there goes the jersey, the jersey goes. too. I wonder where the remnants of that jersey are today. Where is the remnants that? of that like, guy's chest? I, I was thinking the other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about the Rams. The first football helmet I ever had was this cheap little blue helmet from Sears with horns that didn't completely finish so it wasn't a copyright infringement. <laughs> That thing's in a landfill somewhere. I mean, it doesn't degrade. Like, where is that thing now? I, I never think about that. Like, I where know. does this stuff end up? How? Do, um, where anyway. did it? You're right. It would be like one of the I, great sports relics of all time. I mean, that would be one that people would bid big money for. All right. I got one more pick to make, but we got to take a break. So I have extra time to think about it so it can be better than Chris's. More PFT Live right after this. <laughs> All right, I got one more pick for our draft of the reunions we'd like to see. This one goes way back. This one goes way, way back. Wow. This one goes back 27 years. Come on, Jerry Jones. Come on, Jimmy Johnson. Oh, you that know would you be great. You want to get together again. Bring him back. How about them Cowboys? They haven't won a Super Bowl since Jimmy was there. Come on. Men fences, break bread, sing kumbaya. And, uh, I, I, hey, we've already fired Mike McCarthy, so the Cowboys need a coach. Bring back Jimmy Johnson. I, I like uh, – first off, is he in the ring of honor yet? Have they – they haven't even done that yet, right? I don't think they've done No. That. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, that, that just shows you how bitter it is there. But I know that was – Hey, man, that was must-watch TV. The Cowboys with Jimmy Johnson and Jerry five, Jones is amazing. Five seasons together. Yep. They won two Super Bowls. They put together a team that won another one after Johnson was gone. I mean, come on, people. Life's too short. I mean, seriously, just the general observation, anyone out there, find a way to get along with people. They did great things together. How, how could that have happened, Chris? Right. I don't know. I really don't. But, yes, it was one of those great alcohol. things that fizzled out. It's, alcohol. It's a shame. <laughs> Probably alcohol. I like them feisty. That's See ya. it. See you tomorrow. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.